Welcome to Back in My Day. I'm David Petrangelo, and we have another special, special episode. This one I'm extremely excited to bring to everybody. Uh, this is a special episode where we have a guest, Justin Schenkero. Now, you may not recognize the name right off the bat, but you would definitely recognize his work over the years. He continues to work very hard in the industry as well. Uh, the first thing that may pop into your mind when you see and hear his voice is Erie Indiana. He played one of the main characters in that. Simon Holmes was a best friend to the other character, Marshall Teller. So the one season of Erie Indiana, which is sort of a cult classic, uh, is one of the things that stands out for sure. That show was uh, running in 1991 and 92 uh, on NBC. And of course, he was also the voice of Harold Berman on Hey Arnold for over a decade. Uh, one of the uh, sort of a bully slash uh, lighthearted uh, characters that was on the show, uh, definitely a character that if anyone grew up watching Hey Arnold or any kind of Nickelodeon or cartoon show, uh, you definitely recognize that character there. He has gone into the industry for so many years and has worked so hard. We get into all of that. We get into his uh, approach to characters, how his career got started, where things go from here, what's coming up, and uh, just basically the industry overall. He was very, very generous with his time, able to uh, provide so much insight into how things work in the type of industry that he's in, whether it's voice acting when he started from a very young age in commercials as well, up to what he's doing now. A lot of really cool, insightful, and exciting stuff that we talk about. So uh, I really, really want to thank him right off the bat for taking the time to speak to us because I, I just, it, it's so exciting to talk to someone that uh, was a part of our childhood. His voice and his acting is something that uh, helped define who we are here on Back in My Day. And I know I speak for the rest of us on the show that uh, we are just very grateful that he was here. So I hope you like the interview and enjoy the interview. And uh, we will be touching base with him uh, in the future as well. Always feel free to find him as well on the line at Justin Shankaro. We go through all his details towards the end of the episode as well. And uh, also just a heads up ahead of time, we are recording a whole bunch of Star Wars content coming up. Uh, we have been through watching all of the uh, original three movies. We are going to watch the prequels as well uh, and watch as much of the uh, canon of Star Wars leading up to Episode Nine, And we're going to get into a really deep dive of what Star Wars means to us, what the movies mean to us, how they sit with us nowadays as well, growing up, and how it compares to how we watch them uh, over the last uh, month or so as well. That will be coming up over the course of the next couple weeks as well, so a whole lot of Star Wars coming up, leading up to Episode 9 and into December. And as we get towards the end of the year, we will discuss some new stuff as well, as in things that we enjoyed the most over the past year of 2019, TV shows, movies, video games, and all that as well. So look forward to that. And uh, I know that Michael R. Power will be very excited to make a lot of lists uh, as well as the year comes to an end. So uh, again, this is uh, our talk with Justin Shankaro, myself, and uh, Justin sat down for roughly a half an hour to 40 minutes and uh, spoke about all things acting, voice acting, Hollywood, uh, growing up, what inspired him, how he got to where he was, and uh, his very cool, cool, and exciting career. Again, thank you very much, Justin, for joining us, and I hope everybody enjoys us. We will see you soon. Without further ado, here's our interview with Justin Shankro.
I, I just want to get right into it with you. I want to. Uh, I want everyone to get to know you. As as I mentioned before, I hit record. Uh, this is enough about <laughs> us. Now it's about you. So let's get going with that right off the bat. Let everybody know sort of how you got started and and where you are now. And it, it, I mean that's a very broad and very um, long answer. I, I could assume, but. You know, you're, you're you're a voice actor. You're in the acting industry. You do right. have done a lot of voice acting for a very long time. And uh, I just, how how does that even start? First of all, Let's sure, start. sure. I'll, I'll give you the uh, the quick and dirty version. Well, first of all, sure. thank you, Dave, for for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here. Back in my day, that's pretty much uh, what I love to think about. I'm very nostalgic and. You know, I love the 80s and the 90s, so it's it's a blast being on here and talking about uh, that era. And just, you know, how I got started in the business, my parents actually met in New York, and they wanted to open up a bakery, like a French bakery. And for some reason, they thought New York was too saturated of a market, which it really wasn't. But, you know, they thought it was, so they wanted to move to L.A. to open up a French bakery. And they found this little spot in Palos Verdes, which is a coastal city, about an hour away from, uh, you know, the main heart of Hollywood in Los Angeles. And they opened up a bakery. And if your uh, parents are in the restaurant business or something like that, then you realize it's a 24-7 job. So I was there all the time. You know, I was just a little kid. And customers used to come in and they'd tell my parents, you know, your kid is really cute because I had a bunch of, like, floppy, curly hair and they said, you know, you should uh, you should get him an agent. And I think they heard it so many times. They finally thought, well, well, why don't we get him an agent and see if he likes doing it? And uh, that's sort of how it started. So they got me an agent. I went out on a bunch of commercial auditions. I don't think I got anything for a whole year. But, you know, I just like the process of auditioning. And they didn't mind taking me all the way up to Hollywood. And then the first job I got was for Mattel the toy company, and I was flying in a harness. So I was flying in the commercial. I was like six and a half years old. And then they had this whole table set up, which is called craft service on set. And craft service is where they put a lot of food out for the whole cast and the crew to sort of nosh on throughout the day. And on that table, there was like donuts and there was candy, pretty much a kid's paradise. So between flying and having this all this free, yummy kid food, I was in heaven. I was like, sign me up. I want to do this forever. And so that's, that's, this how it is all what started. this is like. This is how this works. This is amazing. Exactly. I'm in. Sign me up. Uh, so I just started doing commercials sort of from that moment on. And I did a bunch of commercials and, and uh, just through that, through my agent sending me out for commercial auditions and, you know, guest appearances on TV shows. And I think I was about, nine or 10 when they started sending me out for voiceovers. And, uh, you know, I really took to it because it was so much fun. You really got to act into the microphone, just like you were auditioning for, you know, a television show or a film or a commercial, but it, instead you were in a little booth with a mic and it just was, you got to really use your imagination in terms of coming up with different voices and sound effects. And as a kid, even as an adult, I mean, who doesn't love to do that? We also play around with different voices. And that's uh, how I started doing it. And I just had a knack for it. I started doing a bunch of uh, cartoons for Disney and then, you know, segued into Nickelodeon. Um, I mean, I remember for my Hey Arnold audition, I was auditioning with Craig, who was the creator of the show, who's an incredible guy, incredibly talented, lovely guy. And, you know, I was reading for Harold, 
this bully character. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, Craig was like, okay, you know, what are you, what are you thinking for this character? What are you thinking for this role? And, you know, I just sort of, uh, just sort of came to me the voice. I mean, I just lowered my voice, put it in a deeper register, um, you know, sort of thought of the different characteristics that Harold would have because he was a tough bully, but, you know, he was also sensitive and he had a sweet side, but he wanted to cover that up because he didn't want people to, to sort of see that vulnerable side of him. I think you're kind of charming. <laughs> hey, tomorrow's Sunday. You, you want to do something? Like what? I, I don't know. Just uh, hang around. Maybe uh, goof on some people. Sure, if you want to. And it all sort of came together. And, you know, with, uh, with Craig's insight on the character and the show, the voice sort of came to me and... And the the personality of Harold really came to me, and and you know, fortunately, I was able to get the job, and that's really sort of what it was. It was just auditioning for for different voiceover jobs, and then um, you know, the longer you do it, just sort of like in any business, uh, you get to know a lot of the people in the business, whether it's the directors or the writers or the other actors, uh, the casting people, and it gets to a point where you know, if they if they like you and they like working with you, then they start bringing you back in, and that's just sort of how it's how it's been. And I've been doing it, uh, for, for many, many years at this point, which is, uh, which I'm very grateful and fortunate to be doing. And I absolutely love it. I don't know if that was, I said, I give you the quick and dirty version and and that seemed very long winded. So I don't take too much time. Not at all. all. Don't worry. We'll we'll dig in. It's okay. It's all good. Perfect. (laughs) We got to know, like, like I said, this is about you, sir. Not, not me. (laughs) So, uh, so that's very, it's very interesting, right? Because, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you went through a process from when you were younger. Explain to me a little bit how, how, if you can remember it all, like how much did it feel like a whirlwind or did it just like you mentioned it before, how it just felt like great. I get, I get food and candy and I get to yeah. voices. That's great. But at any point, did you ever stop yourself even a couple of years in and go, wow, I'm, I, I, I'm in Hollywood. I'm doing like, this is, this is amazing. You know, is, is, that, is that something that occurs or is it just sort of, you're just going to work, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great question. First of all, there is a lot of voiceover stuff and work all over the place, especially now. I mean, New York City for a long, long time has had a, a big, big voiceover industry, okay. even Great. since I was a kid. Yeah, they've they've had a lot of voiceover stuff that happens in New York and in Toronto as well. Toronto actually, uh, I think there's a pretty big voiceover scene there. There's definitely a, a significant TV and film industry in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vancouver obviously has a very big one. A lot of a lot of films are shot in Canada, which, you know, has been happening for many, many years. So yep. you guys definitely have a big industry as well. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I would say probably L.A. is the dominant uh, city when it comes to sort of all of the industry uh, being brought together because, you know, all the, a lot of the studios are headquartered here and a lot of the, the big networks obviously are headquartered in L.A., even though they have maybe satellite offices of elsewhere, a lot of the work uh, sort of is done here. Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, thinking, wow, am, am I actually here? No, I've never really had that. I think it's just <laughs> uh, probably just with everything else. It's just going to work, 
you know, uh, having fun, um, just thinking about, all right, what's the next job I'm going to get? Because it's a, you know, it's freelance. So we're, we're artists. So we're always looking for the next gig. We're always out hustling. We're always, uh, you right. know, calling people, finding out what's, what's the new project and how can we get, uh, be a part of it. Um, so yeah, I've never, I don't think even looking back as a kid actor, or even when I was a teen actor thinking, oh, wow, I'm here. This is amazing. Now it's just like, all right, here's another day of work. It's fun. I'm lucky to do it. It's a, it's a blast. Uh, but it's a lot of hard work and it's just the, that's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay. So obviously things change from one, just, just the way the industry changes over decades and over years and all that, just in general, regardless of what kind of work you're in, you could be sure. behind the scenes in front of the camera, behind the mic, in front of the mic, whatever it might be. So when you're younger, I assume that the process, the quote unquote process that, that actors and actresses speak of is, uh, is, is a bit less of a, um, of the t process you might think of when you go see a movie or you watch a TV show. Now, ha has it changed over the years? Is, is there an approach that you have when you're younger compared to when you're older, or does it really just depend on the gig and the person? Yeah, I mean, I think the process in terms of developing a character, uh, using your imagination to really create, uh, bring this person alive, uh, hasn't really changed for me. Um, you know, I think it's, it all sort of starts with who is this person, uh, you know, what are their motivations, what's their background, their history, um, you know, their behaviors, all that kind of, that good stuff that really brings somebody to life. I mean, hasn't changed. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, you know, a follower of Stanislavski and, you know, this, that sort of method, uh, mm. of imagination, which, you know, has been around for a couple hundred years. So that, that I don't think has changed. Definitely. I mean, you know, the business has changed dramatically, just like uh, I'm sure a lot of businesses have. Um, you know, we obviously have a big influx of uh, uh, European actors, Australian actors. Um, there is, uh, you know, the, the industry has shifted dramatically from when I was uh, doing a lot of TV stuff in the 90s. You sort of uh, what I don't know. I mean, I sort of made this term up, but let's let's call it level up. Like if it was a video game, <laughs> right, where perfect, you, know, you perfect. started as a. Yeah, you started as a commercial actor. You try to level up to like working as a a guest actor on various TV shows. Then you level up to being a reoccurring actor on uh, where you do a few episodes of a TV show. Then you level up to being a series regular on a TV show. Then you level up to being like a film actor, and then you know you level up to try to be an A-list actor. That's sort of what the process was, right. um, and that was the way the industry was for many, many, many years. And then I would say maybe about, I'm not sure how long it's been. It's been a while, five or 10 years ago. The industry is quite shifted to now it's like the A-list actors do everything. So, I mean, as you see, like you turn on your television and, you know, Matthew McConaughey is, is the spokesperson for Cadillac. Or, you know, you yeah. turn on your TV and you hear major, well, you may not know, but a lot of the A-list actors do a lot of the voiceover jobs as well. Or even film actors or main TV series actors. So... You know, as an actor, you really have become a brand where that was very much shied away from in the definitely in the 80s and 90s, for sure. You were not you wanted to be very mysterious. You didn't want the audience to really know who you were. You wanted to sort of stay in your pedigree of whatever level that you had achieved and you only wanted to go higher. And right. now, as I said, it's like you take it all, which is great if you're in that position. That's fantastic. If you're not, it's.
it's it's you know it's more difficult but that's just the way the business is um you know the great thing about the last couple of years is there's so many different uh, uh distribution outlets obviously with netflix and hulu and now we've got uh, disney plus and apple and um you know uh, hbo max which is coming out so there's a lot of different new sort of distribution outlets which is exciting and there is a tremendous amount of new content you know we're sort of in this fabulous golden age but you know everything gets much more difficult yeah it's, i don't know it, if that it, answers your question no absolutely no <laughs> <laughs> no and it's it's good to have the perspective right because um you know the vast vast majority of people wouldn't so um, yeah. The way things change, and then now you're you're still in the middle of it and everything. So it's been you've been involved in a ton of different types of acting for a very long time, not just voice acting, right? You were a big part yeah. of um, sort of a, a a one one season of a show. It was just the one season, and, and it's a shame because it's so yeah. damn good. But Erie Indiana was yes something that I think hits home for a lot of people. I knew my new hometown was going to be different from where I grew up in New Jersey, but this is ridiculous. Nobody believes me, but Erie, Indiana is the center of weirdness for the entire planet. <gasps> Item. Elvis lives on my paper route. Thank you, little paper boy. Item. Bigfoot eats out of my trash. Item. Even man's best friend is weird. Still don't believe me? You will. You know, it's one of those things for me anyway, personally, just, just for me, is I know that I watched it and then I, I saw... You know, I, I've seen things posted up, and, and just a little while ago, it was it was Halloween, so it's it very much in the zeitgeist and discussion going back into the '90s for shows and yeah. and sort of kids' spooky shows and everything. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things where uh, it's nice to look back on stuff like that, and it's a shame that it didn't last as long. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about that because it's a little bit different than than the uh, the voice acting gigs. Um, what was the experience being being on at, at that age that you were and doing uh, such a, I, I would say, fairly unique and uh, and cool show? It was amazing. I mean, Erie was definitely a, a phenomenal experience for me. Absolutely loved it. That was the sort of in terms of leveling up, as I was just talking about, mm -hmm. that was a huge level up for me because prior to that, I had done, you know, the, the previous couple levels, which were commercials guest appearances, reoccurring. And then this was the first series regular role that I had actually booked. So it was a, it was a tremendous uh, gift and really exciting point in my career, even though I was only 11 years old. Uh, right. It was like, wow, this is so cool. And then to be part of this phenomenal show, which was a kid's show, and you know, every day was a different adventure coming to set. We were crawling through the fog. You know, We had our own little... Uh, clubhouse where we put our our secret clues the problem with losing stuff is it always happens when you're not watching of course if you were watching i guess the stuff wouldn't get lost would it simon i am gotta work with omri who was a blast and all these incredible actors ray walston and john astin and yeah. you know all these uh brilliant actors that you know were had been superstars in the in the 50s and 60s and 70s and and 80s and and still were you know brilliant gifted actors and uh, was learning so much from them the the creators of the show you know they were on the younger side and and this was like a big big show for them and so it was really much really like a family it was such a family experience it was a lot of hard work, but it all felt incredibly fun to me, and uh, I just loved it. It was it was a blast. 
it was it was such a shame that we were on for for one season because you know it's be, gone on to become definitely a cult hit and a and a big uh, a big show. They brought the it was on for one season. I think primarily because there was sort of a shift in the in the network at the time. So the president okay. of NBC where we were on. Uh, was let go and they brought on a new president. And just like in any business, you know, a new uh, person running running the show wants to sort of get rid of the old stuff and bring on their crop of stuff. And right. and so it was a combination of that in in uh, in confluence with uh, they put us up against sixty minutes, which at the time was the number one rated show. Not oh, wow. now, but at that time it was. <laughs> so we were like directly against them, and then uh, which obviously was not good. The yeah. critics loved us. I mean, we were on the cover of TV Guide, and it was a big critic, uh, big critic show. But it just was sort of the wrong timing. Um, and then I think it was back in '98 that Fox Kids ended up picking the show up, and it, and it, they put it on Saturday morning, and you know it became the number one show, which was awesome. Then, about ten minutes later, Simon stepped out. At least he looked like Simon. Hey, Simon. You're right. I'm fine. I feel a lot better. You don't look fine. What's with the glasses? I can see now. It's all so clear. What? When I looked into Simon's eyes, I couldn't believe it. He wasn't the same kid. It's like something in his eyes had disappeared. I must go. I must go study. My uh, my hope for for the last several years was to try and reboot Erie because so many shows from that era, Twin Peaks and X Files, now Twilight Zone, um, you know, have all been brought back. And I mean, if you look at yeah. the Stranger Things, I mean, I think Stranger Things is great, but I think it's a big rip off. A lot of it is a big rip off of Erie, and uh, it, it'd be phenomenal to bring Erie back. So that's been uh, you know a part of my life in trying to uh, to bring that show back, Lionsgate television owns the rights to it so okay you know if you're listening to this podcast reach out to lionsgate tv and tell them you want to bring erie back <laughs> yeah just just like just like contacting your your local politicians let's get Lionsgate that's right on the line exactly. right yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah. it would be a, it would be a hell of a show to, to watch again and and to have some sort of um remaster slash reboot because i think it would really work and and all the shows that you referenced that have come back or have been influenced by it um are are hits i mean and and even i mean x files was a huge show and and continues to be and and people are going to love that for a long time as well but it's still a little bit when it when it came back it's still a little bit of a of of the the cult following is probably who went back to it when it came back right but but it's still it's still a a, you know a, a heck of a need you know that that niche is not as small i think as maybe the big wigs might might assume i think something yes. like that would come back and i think that everyone that would have grown up with something like eerie or hey arnold or any of these types of shows in the 90s we're at the age now where maybe we have a kid or nieces right. and nephews that this is this is perfect i mean we're gonna enjoy it just like we did then and and we know that it's good for the kids too so um i'm, I'm gonna call my local politician and get them <laughs> sure, thank so. you dave <laughs> you rock i appreciate it no you're totally right i agree you know we're of that age where Maybe you have a, a child or a couple kids, and, and it's a great show that you get to sort of enjoy the nostalgia of watching it, and, and they get to enjoy watching it for the first time. And, you know, it's a really fun family experience. And I actually just watched, because Erie's now on Amazon Prime. You can catch, uh, yeah, catch the, the first season, which is really fun. And I've gone back recently and watched uh, 
watched the season and just been so surprised at, at how well it's held up. I mean, I'm really, you know, I'm engrossed in the story and it's so well shot and written and, you know, it's acted cool and it's fun. And I mean, just watching, these are, these are episodes shot in 1991 and I'm blown away about how well, you know, they hold up. I'm just shocked. And, and, uh, I mean, that's, I think why the longevity of the show has done so well. It was just so well done. Um, but yeah, bringing it back, rebooting it sort of maybe with a, a unique spin, um, would be fantastic. And, uh, and that's what I'm, I'm pushing for. I would love to love to and of course it's it's really up to the fan base i mean the cool thing is obviously with social media and all of the sword and you know the great thing of podcasts and and thank you for doing this is that you know the more that it's out there in the zeitgeist and the more people that talk about it the more the you know the networks are going to sort of maybe see it trending and think okay well you know maybe we can make some money on this and bring it back i mean that's what it's all about really that's yeah honestly unfortunately it kind of dictates a lot of things right fortunately yes. and, and unfortunately it's just sort of the way it works Correct. um yeah so another another uh, 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 uh we you touched on it before with your involvement in hey arnold let's let's talk about that let's talk about your character let's talk about a little bit about how that that sort of came to be and you talked a little bit about how you just sort of went into your into your character as well um let everybody know who your character was how you how you sort of let's get a little bit deeper into how you became uh harold bourbon on on hey arnold Yes. Well, first of all, hey, Arnold, come here and I'm going to pound you. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Harold Berman for you. Oh, easily uh, recognizable. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I went in, I auditioned for it, had this great uh, audition with Craig, the creator of the show. The voice sort of just came to me naturally based on, you know, Craig had a drawing of the way Harold looked, which is typically okay. how it is when you audition for an animated show they'll have a drawing of the character and then like a brief description maybe about a paragraph of what they think the character personality traits are so i think it was i mean i don't remember exactly but i think it was like you know harold berman is the school bully and um you know he he's got a sensitive vulnerable side but you know he's sort of the, he's the bully of the of the playground and so that's sort of what what you're given. And then you just sort of got to create from that point on, use your imagination um, to really sort of fill in a lot of the details of who this person is and what their voice would sound like. So that's just sort of how it came to me. And I really sort of dropped it in my register and just sort of took on this tough personality, which was so funny because I was the opposite of a bully in real life. But for some <laughs> odd reason, I've been able to channel the bully in myself to uh, to, to create some characters. Um, and... The great thing about uh, Hey Arnold was that Craig usually would bring the whole cast together when we would read through the script and record. So oh, typically, wow. yeah, which is amazing because it, typically the way it's it's done for animation is you're just brought in for your character. You're in a, a you know a voiceover booth. The director is on the other side and. And you go in there and you do your lines and you're done. And usually it's pretty quick, um, which is fine. It's great. But you don't really have the opportunity to act with the other actors, the other voiceover sure. actors, because it's just you. So, you know, I think Craig did a, a brilliant job of we would all come in, you know, every actor that was in that episode. Uh, they had a, a big room for us. We were all mic'd up. And then we would read the script from top to bottom. And I think a lot of the you know, the, the interaction between the characters really popped and, 
and exploded because of that. And he also Craig gave us some freedom to improvise. So, which was a blast. I mean, I, I love to add a little stuff to my lines or come up with little phrases and, and he encouraged that, um, which was great. And I think, you know, that's why it really resonated so well. And of course it was beautifully written and beautifully animated. And, you know, the morals of those, of each one of those animated cartoons from Hey Arnold was incredible. I mean, you know, I, of course, watched those as well, and they they hold up beautifully, and it's such a well-told story. Um, and, yeah. of course, you know, a lot of those those uh, actors growing up, we were very close, so we, we still remain very good friends. Oh, even better. Even, well, yeah. I mean, and you know what? It sounds like the atmosphere that was created around the show just lends to that. I mean, yes. Whether the show lasted as long as it did, which it, you know, is a very long show, um, whether it was a, a season or or uh, 10 plus seasons. I mean, I, I think just an environment like that lends itself to just now, now you have friends, right? Now you have yes. like a real camaraderie with all these people. They're not necessarily co-workers anymore, right? It's more than that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a family experience. And uh, we were all kids around the same age and we all sort of grew up together doing this wonderful show. And very fortunate to be a part of it. I mean, it was just a joy, super fun. And as I said, I, I love rewatching the episodes myself and interacting with a lot of the fans online about the show that was such a big part of their childhood. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, OK, so, I'm, you know, people can look you up and, and find all the voices and all the other acting work that you've done over the years and stuff for you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of forwarding this question from uh, one of the co-hosts from Mike. He, he was very very curious. So over all these years, all the work that you've done, you're a very hard worker and you continue to make that the case today that which we've we've heard. Now, which show he's he, he wants to know and I want to know. I mean, now mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody does. Which show do you feel has the most culture, culturally relevant uh piece today? I mean, we we talked about it with Erie, we've talked about Hey Arnold. And and, and why do you think that might be? Well, the, my favorite show that I ever worked on was Erie, Indiana. I think probably because yeah. it was my first show, and I absolutely loved it. Um, in terms of cultural relevance, I probably have to say Hey Arnold, frankly, okay. because um, it was a, a very diverse cast. Uh, there was a lot of, if you go into each one of the characters and their backgrounds, and it, whether it was their parents or their grandparents, a lot of them came from very struggling backgrounds. Um, and they, you know, dealt with it on a daily basis. Um, and they, you know, overcame a lot of obstacles and ch challenges that they were dealing with. And each storyline, uh, was quite in depth and, um, you know, it, it obviously had a kid spin to it, but if you start diving into those episodes, I think one of the reasons why, uh, you know, parents like watching the show so much with their kids is because it was, it was quite profound and, uh, you know, um, it, it dealt with some very serious issues that I think we're, we're still dealing with where obviously every, every human deals with these kind of, um, situations. So we're, we're constantly dealing with, with them. And I think the show really, uh, touched people in that way where it was fun and it was cute and it was kids oriented, but it was quite deep as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to say. I mean, just, just off, I, someone could not know what Hey Arnold is. I think look at the cast list, look at the characters and right. just see, sort of who those characters are and what they're, you know, whether it be the teachers, whether it be Harold, Arnold, whoever it might be, and just see that like, oh yeah, they come from this type of family. They come from this type of background. So when you point on that, it's actually, that's completely true. I, I never really thought about it that way, but that gives it legs. Um, I, yeah. I, wor 
I work in the media industry, so giving something legs is uh, is part of what you have to do every day. So <laughs> cool, cool, you got it exactly. That's exactly um, right. So all again, and, and, and there's all of this stuff that is uh, that that we grew up on uh, us on the podcast, and a lot of people that listen and and follow what we do. How about you? What what did you what did you grow up with? Um, not even necessarily that would. Uh, influence your work or I mean maybe it did but when you think back to your childhood whether you were part of a show or not or or a movie or commercial or not what you know what made you you as as you know what was uh what was the most relevant for you like for me easy Star Wars boom easy boom easy uh you know the Batman animated series all that stuff that was my childhood what was it for you well I mean that's a great question. For me, it was definitely He-Man. I loved oh, He-Man. Nice. In fact, uh, funny enough, a couple weeks ago for my agent, I got an audition to audition for a rebooted version of He-Man, which I don't even know if I can talk about. I mean, I didn't get the <laughs> job, but uh, I just thought it was so cool to be able to audition for a character that I watched and loved when I was like four to five to six years old. <laughs> so I loved He-Man as a kid. Um, Alvin Simon, you know, the Chipmunks. I was a big fan of the chipmunks growing up uh in terms of uh, films you know top gun in terms of tv shows you know melrose place 90210 nice. uh you know in terms being a teenager but as a kid you know it was it was all the great cartoons that we had and and definitely he-man i think was the biggest and i love the chipmunks um i love the smurfs uh you know those those, those were the were, those were the shows that I, I don't know whether they influenced me, but I I loved them as a kid. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, a lot of a lot of great voice work and stuff in all of those old shows Brilliant. too, right? I mean, like that's yes. that's what it is too, I guess. I, I so how does how does that uh, when you sit there and watch a show? Obviously, any kind of cartoon or, or any kind of voice work that's going on. I, is, do you do you sit there and go, oh yeah, man? I, like, can you sit there and just really appreciate what that man or woman or kid is doing? with that voice and with that work, is it easy to tell through the show or is it more of something that you know, through your experience, can you sit there and go, Oh wow, that, that woman ha- is doing an incredible job with that voice. I can just tell by the character, by the voice, by the intonation. Well, is that how that's it works? A great question. It's typically when I'm watching something, I, I 99.9% of the time get lost in the story. Sure. Uh, unless, unless something is bad and <laughs> then, then I'm, <laughs> then I'm nitpicking it. But, but usually I'm, I'm, just watching it as uh, a fan, just like everybody else is. So I'm not really picking apart the acting. It's it's when I'm in the room doing the actual job, uh, and sometimes they will bring in other voiceover actors when we're doing the job. So not it's not all the time that it's just myself in the room. Uh, it's typically not the entire cast, but, but there's definitely times when it's two or three other people, um, and that is a lot of fun to sort of see how the other actors create these characters, create these voices, come up with these, uh, you know, monster sounds and evil villains. And right. that's when you really sort of appreciate the incredible talent that you're in the room with and, you know, the imagination that these uh, these other actors use. So that's where I, I really see it. Typically not when I'm watching it because, you know, I'm, just, I'm a fan like everyone. I just get lost in the story. Yeah. And like, and like you said, you're, you're talking about other people's, uh, the, w- the way they do it. And, and it, I mean, it's art, like you said, yeah. it's art. You guys are working hard for your art and for your work. So, um, you can, you can appreciate it when, especially when it's done in front of you. I think that happens in a lot of different uh, industries that have some sort of artistry involved, right? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think when you see, uh, an artist doing a painting and you see them actually do the painting 
and the process of it, which is really cool. And you sort of see the brushstrokes and what they're going through. And then when you see it up on the wall, you're, you know, you're like, oh, this is great. This is cool. But you don't necessarily appreciate all of the, all of the hard work and all of the various aspects that went into it. You, you just sure. enjoy it, which is great. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's bring it forward just a little bit. What is it in the next, let's say six to 12 months, what are you most excited for that's coming up in the next little while? It could be anything. It could be a painting. It could be right. a, a TV show, right? What, what's, what's exciting you in the moment right now? Yes, absolutely. Well, I've sort of segued in the last year and a half to uh, getting into producing um, along with acting and writing. So I've recently written uh, a comedic pilot called My Jewish Mother, which is really funny. So awesome. I'm going to go out there and probably shoot the pilot. At this point, you sort of have to shoot your own content. I mean, you see it, everybody's sort of doing it on YouTube or social media. And then when you actually have the content, then you can go out and pitch the various networks and studios. So I'm going to be going in and, and filming this pilot, which I'm very excited about. So I'm casting it now. Um, I have actually an art show, uh, which I can't talk about in too, too much detail, which I'm I'm out there pitching to the works right now. Cool. Um, and then I have a couple p interesting pieces of intellectual property that I purchased about some true FBI stories that I think would be great limited series for Netflix. So I've sort of got a, a slate of projects that I'm working on that, uh, you know, once I set up at the various networks or production companies or studios that I would attach myself to as a part as an actor, um, but also, you know, branch out and sort of put a producer's hat on now, uh, which is exciting. It's sort of a, a new thing that I've, that I've been focusing on the last year, year and a half. And it's sort of what you have to do in the industry now is you obviously have to wear multiple hats, uh, whether it's a writer or a director or a producer, um, along with being an actor to really create the kind of roles and content that you want to be a part of. Sounds like it's part of your leveling up process that you're speaking of. Yeah, before. <laughs> I guess so. I hadn't thought about it that way, uh, Dave, but I think you're right. I think it is, <laughs> it is part of that leveling up process. So it's, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I know there's going to be some really cool projects that I'm going to be working on the next, next six to 12 months. So that's where, that's where my focus is right now. And I'm very passionate and excited about it. That's awesome. Okay. So, so where, where can everyone sort of follow your progress then, whether it's online or, or, or through shows or your production, what's the, what's the best way that anybody that's listening can, can follow along with you? Totally. Well, I, I post a lot of like little funny videos on my Instagram. So that's just Instagram.com backslash Justin Shankaro. Um, you can always hop on my IMDb. Uh, which is, you know, Internet Movie Database and, and look, look up my name and you'll see a lot of the projects that I've worked on before and a lot of the new projects that I have coming out because several of them are in development. So you can sort of see it there. Um, yeah. You can always follow me on Twitter and Facebook, which is just Facebook.com backslash Justin Shankro or Twitter.com backslash Justin Shankro. And, you know, I'm constantly pushing out funny little videos, things that I'm working on, uh, little things. I mean, I try to post stuff that actually makes me laugh. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, I always want to just sort of entertain and have fun and, and that's where I'm putting stuff out. And, you know, when something new is, is going to be coming out like a big project, I'll definitely talk about it there. That's awesome. That's great. Well, you know what, when everything, uh, when all this stuff sort of picks up again, we'll have you back on and we're going to make sure that we, we see where everything's at and we'll touch base again. Cause this is, uh, it's great. It's so cool that we can actually 
speak to you a little bit before some of these processes. Maybe we can get you somewhere in the middle and then afterwards as well and sort of uh, have you on as another uh, another guest as well to see where how everything uh, everything's going in, in, in the next little while. I would love that, Dave. That would be a blast. We'll, that's that's know, we'll awesome. See how the, we'll see how the process develops and we'll talk to it. throughout it. That'll be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us on Back in My Day. This is this is awesome. Thank um, you. I, I, all the guys are going to be just ecstatic to to hear this. Uh, I think they're. I, I'm lucky enough to have a little bit of time to be able to do this in the middle of the day. I don't have yeah. normal people hours, as I call it, working in media. <laughs> so I'm kind of all over the place. Um, right. So they're 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 all at work, and I'm lucky enough to talk to you. So I really appreciate you taking out uh, the time out of your very very busy schedule, as we've heard, and uh, we will touch base soon. I really appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll oh, talk it was soon. this was a blast. This was so fun to be on uh, back in my day podcast. Thank you, Dave, uh, with all the great questions and the commentary, and you know the fun chatting. And I look forward to to doing it again. Let's do it soon. Let's do that. We'll connect soon. All right. Thanks so much, man. We'll uh, thank we'll you. Talk soon. Appreciate it. All right. Great. So first, a few rules. Rule one, go straight to the Yahoo Chocolate Hospitality Room and eat chocolate num num till you puke. Stop sharing already. Harold's obnoxious enough. Don't encourage him. Listen, Helga, I've been dreaming about this field trip since kindergarten, and I'm planning on having the best day of my life.